And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Red Side of the Trent. My name is Adam Wicklow and I'm joined by Reece Slane. No full house, Lee Clark and Christian Brown not making it this week. We have drafted in a ringer in Matt Barnsley or City Ground Shelf as he is known on Twitter. Uh, we're going to go obviously through the Leeds game, obviously a 2-1 loss. Um, big backlash obviously on Twitter and, and worrying of, of what's going to happen, but obviously some news to discuss today. But Matt, how are you? You well? Yeah, very well. Thank you, lads. Are you? Yeah, all good, mate. Uh, we're going to start off with you, obviously, starting the same side. Did you agree with that? Or did you think maybe there could have been a a uh, suggestion of a change, maybe a one-in or Kiate or Lodi-in? Or, or would you were you happy that we stuck with the same side as from Saturday? Um, overall, I was I was quite pleased because I thought what they how it set up on on Saturday and the general personnel was um was was very well. It was all like a contributing factor to a good performance. I half expected. I thought that I don't know. I'd read over the weekend that Lodi's absence on Saturday was due to him flying back into the UK late on Saturday morning. So I was kind of under the assumption that Lodi would come back in at left back last night, but obviously that didn't transpire. Uh, but no, well, like I said, when I saw the team sheet at seven o'clock last night, I was pretty, pretty um, pleased and content that it stuck with very much the same that had worked so well on Saturday. And for the first fifteen minutes, it, it looked like it was kind of dead. Uh, picked up where they'd left off on 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 Saturday, really. So in terms of like the general team selection, I, I wasn't really against what he he selected. Um, I know obviously with Taiwo, he's been out for a long time, so they obviously wanted to phase him in. So I never thought he would particularly start. Uh, but no, I was pretty pretty optimistic and positive with with what he selected and, and that he went with the same as Saturday. Yeah, you kind of anchor into the first fifteen minutes there, Reese. We started. I mean, it was a frantic first fifteen minutes because I think there was corners for both teams. Both sides looked like they were they were wanting to win the game, and then 
Oromangala sent Sinistera for a hot dog and put it in the bottom corner from a terrific move. What, what, what was your thoughts on that? I mean, it was epileptic in the in the away end, wasn't it? To be honest, uh, I thought. It... Oh, sorry. Go on, go on, Matt. Sorry, apologies, Ray. Sorry, really That's, sorry. It's all yeah. right. I, was, I, I genuinely thought it was one of the um, the uh, the best team goals we'd we'd scored this season. From in terms of from working it through midfield and getting players involved on the overload and and getting plenty of bodies in the box to to play the pass and being pretty clinical with the finish, I thought I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like Matt just said, it was a, it was a superb goal. It just had everything we wanted to see from a Forest team. You know, pace, power, just driving at Leeds' defence. You know, Danilo drove at their defence until he's flicked it out wider. To be honest, I, I do think he has aimed. For Gibbs White, but he has over a tip, but Dennis's pace has allowed him to get there, and he's finally produced a good pass, Emmanuel Dennis, and like you said, Adam, Mangala, great touch, um, sent Sinistiera, was it, for a hot dog, and it, it was a great finish as well, right mm. in the bottom corner, literally like a snooker pot right into the bottom corner, so um, yeah, you know, Dennis hit the bar as well just before that. Uh, which was unlucky. Johnson had an effort and the first 15 minutes were really good. And then as soon as we scored, it was just chalk and cheese and we just completely went into a shell. And it was it was very much like watching, I've used this reference a couple of times, but very much like watching England against Italy in that Euros final. We they, they got the goal and then it was like, oh shit, what do we do now? And it, we just went into a shell and... Yeah, we did invite pressure and obviously, as we'll come on to, Leeds made it count. I don't know what you think of this, Matt, but Cooper said on, on in the post-match that he thinks it might be due to the fact that we're not in, been in this position many times this season. That is a load of bollocks, right, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, do you know what? It's, it's something that they've struggled with all campaign and they've been punished for it and um, the general game management of seeing out certain I, I always think particularly at this level it's like seeing out certain phases of games and getting to key moments and they've the, the game management this season it was similar to it was at two games at spring to mind was the Brentford game in November when they were one nil up and they gave they I, I think Frula played an absolutely awful ball across midfield they dispossessed it and they won the penalty and the second time was the um the Newcastle game where they literally had 50 seconds to see out with a one nil lead before half time they couldn't see that out. And it was so pivotal after we went 1-0 up last night that we kept a composure, kept a foot on the ball, put three, four, five passes together and took the sting out of it. And as soon as we went 1-0 up, it was just like, it, it was like they couldn't get near leads. It's like they didn't close the space. I mean, I think for the for the equaliser, I think I think the amount of space that Jack Harrison's got on that left-hand side is, is extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. I think you're getting confused with him being on the right because he just kept cutting on oh, his sorry. left. I mean, he may as well have had on his lead top, I am only left-footed because Harry Toffolo could not deal with him. And I mean, he had a field day. I thought he was their best player, Harrison, to be honest. But I thought the, the equaliser was bad, not only because he allows him inside, but it. But Froiler's having to chase Weston McKenney and then uh, Rocker on who hits the strike. But Mangala's stood on fucking Niakate and... Felipe's toes instead of marking a man. I mean, and then there's no, and then as a, as a kid, obviously, Reese, you'll know this and you can chime in, but you get told to follow in as a kid, as a striker. Who's following in Jack Harrison there? Because that is, I mean, you could say Navas should palm it away, but come on. Yeah, that goal was just really poor. Um, 
as you said, Adam, I thought Harrison and Sinistera gave Williams and Toffler a real tough time all night. Like you said, it was clear they was going to cut in, especially on um, Nico Williams' side. Sinistera did a little feint to go one way and Williams kind of went with him so many times he just pulled it onto his other foot and as we'll come on to, that's what happened with the second goal. That nearly he nearly scored again with the exact same outcome. Um, but going back to the first goal, yeah, I mean, Harrison's sold, I think, Toffolo and Dennis into it on that side. It's allowed him to cut in. They worked it along the box. You know, there's two two of their players along the box where there's Froiler and, like you say, Mangala. None of them are closing down, either of them. Mangala's about 10 yards away. Yeah, they've, they've allowed it. They've allowed, well, it's two, two centre mids on one on the edge of the box. And then even then, Froiler pulls across and it's a half-hearted attempt to try and block it. You know, this is meant to be with respect the captain last night. And they've, they've allowed a shot. Navas, I think, should do a bit better, should push it a bit further away. But And then absolutely nobody follows it in. The two people who follow it in are Bamford and Harrison and everybody's just stood there mm. for us. And he, he couldn't have he connected with it really well to be fair to the lad, but he couldn't miss. He no. couldn't and, he, and even if he'd have connected with it poorly, Navas probably would have saved it again and Bamford would have probably just turned it in. So yeah, so disappointing. And but they caused problems all night. I mean, Harrison's first touch I thought was sublime. Every time there was I think it was Rocker Pink who kept pinging it to his side and he literally controlled it on the tip of his toe numerous times and Cutting inside, he was a, he was a massive threat, as was Sinister, and with no surprise, as again we'll come on to, that's how they scored the second. It just goes to show how poor we are in in defence because all night that was happening, just pinging long diagonals across <laughs> across our fullbacks, and we weren't intercepting anything. Joe, you know, with like when you have had Sergio Ray in the past and 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 Lodi, they they just know how to read the game so well and and, and counter that and get us kind of up the pitch and that just didn't happen at all last night. I mean, we we were panicking. I mean, at 1-0 up, we had leads where we wanted them. By the, by yeah. the, by the balls, really. Their qu- crowd was quiet. They started to get a little bit like agitated, I thought. And then, and then it was just soft, soft goals. I, I can't remember a good goal against us for a long time, apart from maybe the Newcastle first, really, because it was a good finish. I don't know what you think, Matt. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree with everything that yourself and Reese have just said. That it's, I, but for me, the amount of joy that Harrison was getting, I know this is said with an awful amount of hindsight. And I, I read somebody actually said something to me on Twitter the other day saying that the players that out they're out of the team are always kind of ones that people have kind of got it in their head. Well, X, Y, and Z wouldn't happen if they were in the team, or they're kind of maybe bigged up to be better than they are. But in my opinion, I'm not sure that. Harrison gets that much joy as he had last night, particularly in the first half, as Lod- if Loddy's on the pitch for the mm. reasons that have just been disclosed with like, um, obviously reads the game. He's obviously very um, intelligent in terms of like spatial awareness, closing the space. Um, so yeah, I thought thought that was a big miss. And as for, as for the goalkeeping, I thought, I think there's been a lot of people, I noticed it particularly after the Newcastle game, waiting to get on Navas's back. Now, against Newcastle, I thought Navas was exceptional because I thought he kept us in the game in the second half. But but um, last night, the, for the first goal, it's, it's a shocker. I, I just, I, I'm not a goalkeeper. I've never played in goal for um, for comp- like any competitive level. But even I know the general basic of not palming a, a shot straight into the, the centre of your own goal. I just think it's, it would have been very, and obviously, once again, saying this a great deal of hindsight, but very easy to 
to palm to his left hand side and work and make it difficult for anybody coming onto it at the angle as opposed to the middle of the goal. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very disappointing goal to concede. And like you say, it was just needed to keep it tight for five or ten minutes because we, we had them we had them where, where we wanted them really. Yeah, and then the tale of concede before half time, Reese. You've already spoke about it. Sinistera basically sending a telegraph to to Nico Williams all night of where he's going to go, and he went there and. I mean, it's a terrific finish for the lad. I, I, I have no doubt about it, but we've just got to hold on surely there, haven't we? It was literally the same as Harvey Barnes' goal against us, wasn't it? Where he literally whipped it round Williams at the King Power. Um, to, to be fair to Williams, he went in for a crunching tackle very early on and he looked hurt and he was limping a bit and that's when he got the book in. Hmm because they knocked it by him and he was limping a bit and he just pulled him back. And it's and from them, you're like, right, the winger's going to get up against him all night because he's on a yellow. He can't, he can't play, you know, his kind of game. Because you, you, when you're on a yellow as a wing and you've got a winger running at you who's quick and nippy, you can't dive him because one lunge or you just clip him and they go by and you're going to get sent off. And yeah, it's, the last 10 minutes of the half, we were clinging, like clinging on. It was as if like we were the last 10 minutes of the actual game and we're just oofing it clear. Nobody willing to put the foot on the ball and say, look, I'm going to take some control of this game. At least just get us to half-time at 1-1. We regroup and we go again second half. And they they obviously get the goal. It makes a marker for Williams and Mangala and it, it is a good finish. You've got to give him credit for that finish, but it's, too, it's just too easy. Um, and we're two one down, and and you know, and the crowds up at half time for Leeds, and you know, we we as away forms, we've we've not we've drew at Bournemouth, didn't we? We're coming back from behind, but that that's it when we come back from behind, away from home, and it's like you just kind of know, and even second half, Leeds didn't really have to do much. Really, and it and if it, there was one team who was going to score again, again it was Leeds, not us. We, mm-hmm. we didn't have a shot second half, and it, yeah, just for something that started so positively, you know, with that brilliant goal for how that half and the game ended, it's just so disappointing. But we're just saying this every week, aren't we? Away from home, unfortunately. I think what what's really like. I mean, my head's still kind of fallen off to be fair I don't know about any of you guys but it, it was the just... fact that it was the fact that after the first 15 minutes we couldn't string a pass together after that no one could control the ball the ball was getting stuck under people's feet all the time more games might happen on more than one occasion I mean he was he was bad last night I thought I mean he should have got dragged much earlier he was terrible I mean I don't know why someone didn't tell him that was actually playing Wolves again last night because he might have turned <laughs> up but he wasn't the only one, unfortunately. But what what do you think it is, Matt? Like, why why is it that a a team who are at home, yeah, Leeds have got really good support. They play do they do play positive football. I do I do think that. But why have we shat ourselves completely? Do you think? I just think they go to these venues and they're mentally weak. It's just like I've I just going. I actually wrote a, tw- a tweet about it earlier, saying that that I know Reese touched upon it as well. Of like. The, the the drop off in performance level from the first fifteen to the next seventy five was was extraordinary. That they, they mm. were brilliant for fifteen minutes, and then like I said, uh, there was there was two moments that I remember. There was a moment in the first half where Danilo played a square ball and Gibbs White it just got trapped under his foot, and it was the most basic of 
controlling the football you'll ever see. And there was a time in the second half when Navas rolled it short to Frula and the ball like bounced off him. And I just thought, if you guys are struggling to do basics like control a football, we're in a lot of we've got a, a lot of issues. And I, I, I just didn't away from home. There's just a, a really distinct lack of. I think we play in moments away from home, but there's just just such a distinct lack of belief that when our backs are against it, and I, you know, you said like we like we shut we shit ourselves essentially. Um, is that when when we go one down or two down, that's it. It's like there's no. This is what really disappoints me, really, and I can't really put my finger on it. And, and I keep using the word accountability, and I think there is a level of accountability at Cooper's door in terms of, yes, we've been unlucky with injuries, but Cooper's team last season away from home was built around being like spirited, well-organised, hard to break down and causing a threat when going the other way. This season, it's just like, it's just the complete opposite. It's like they lack any belief. They don't, they don't believe they can go to these venues and get anything. And it makes the games essentially write-offs. And and like I said, as soon as Leeds equalised last night, the, the writing was on the wall that we would get beat. I, I didn't I didn't foresee them winning 2-1. I didn't foresee them getting a draw. I thought, we'll get beat two or three here. And, and that, that's how it transpired, sadly. Do you want anything to add, Reese? Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. It's just, it's it's obviously a mentality thing. I and mean, we'll be, you know, it's we're like a broken record and there'll be... It's boring, isn't it? The fans and other podcasts will be exact same. It's just the same every away game. And to be fair, you know, Cooper comes out with the same every away game, unfortunately, or we need to turn around as way from. Well, they're just not showing any signs. And then you look at the away games to come, Aston Villa are absolutely flying at the minute, probably the form team in the league. I know Liverpool have got their problems, but it's Liverpool. And then Brentford are very good at home. By the time when we play Palace, it might be all over. Chelsea, again, I know they've got their problems, but it's Chelsea. So you kind of look at the away games and think, well, where, where are we going to get points away from home? And then, and even like we said on the last podcast, you're looking at your home games come now. You've got Arsenal, who, you know, going to be going for the title. I know Man United have had a little bit of drop-off, but again, it's Manchester United. Brighton, Again, last night showed they can go to a relegation candidate and win comfortably. And then the one that stands out is Southampton. Well, we're not going to stay up if we just beat Southampton alone, are we? So, I mean, that would be impressive, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I just can't. It's just not going to change away from home this season. It isn't unless something, even with the news today about with... Um, you know, the backing from Maranakis of Cooper, I, do I think that's going to change anything for Saturday? No, I, I don't, no. I, I hate to say it, and I, you know, it might sound negative, but I just, you just, you know, I'm, I'm in a fortunate position that I've been to every away game this season, I've, so I've seen it firsthand, and I'm not saying I know more than any other fans, because I don't, but you can just see it, and it's bleeding obvious, you know what I mean? And it and it, it's really mentally tiring as a supporter as well, because, you know, I didn't get home till midnight last night and then I've had to drive up to Newcastle and back today so yeah it, it does uh, play on your mind as a sport as well but it's just it's just tiresome away from home it really is the, the thing that I, I find is there's I think Matt touched on it earlier that it's the basics we're not even like running challenging pressing there's no it doesn't look like we have a game plan away from home. Joe, when we played Brighton and we thought, oh, we'll go back to basics. At least you knew what we were doing. We were like, right, we're gonna get we're gonna get ten we're gonna get eleven behind the ball and just make it fucking horrible. And that's fine because you're gonna you 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 like we're we're so bad, we just need to get anything. Mm. 
But like, do you, do you get? Can you do you go back to that? Because that could be five points that you go well, like five points. Do you know what I mean? We were very oh. fortunate that night, mate. To be honest, at Brighton, that yeah. Deserby just took over, and I think if we was to go to Brighton, I would get probably dismantled. To be honest, I think they hit the bar in that game. Henderson made a couple of saves. Um, but <laughs> I I just don't. I mean, this is what I put in my tweet of the game last night. Leeds just wanted it more than Forest. They just wanted. They just wanted it more than Forest. Forest. So the only the only Forest player I thought last night who proper proper wanted it was Felipe. Yeah. And he was literally putting his body on the line time and time again. And he just didn't matter who it was, when it was, what stage of the game it was. It didn't matter to him. He was comfortable on the ball, put a head in, put a foot in, put his body in, you know, take a yellow card. I think he took a yellow card at one point, just smashing somebody. You've got, you've got a, you've got a, you know, match leads as desire. We know what Ellen Road's going to be like last night. The atmosphere when they got level was good from their perspective, and we just didn't. We was a second best to Leeds once they got level, unfortunately, and that's why they won the game. If we'd had eleven Felipe's last night in the side, we'd have got a result. Yeah, these type think- of games, you've got to you've got to dig in. It's not about quality in these type of games. It's about digging in, and Forest just not doing it away from home. I just think it's got to the point now where it's like the the away game is well. It's not. It's not now. It got to the point now. I think it's been like that for a lengthy period of time. I said to somebody after the West Ham game, it's like you look at the remaining fixtures. It's it's at the point, and it has been for some time. The away games are just write offs. There's just there's just you go into each away game as a fan, and I've done been quite, quite fortunate to do quite a few away games this season as well. You got. I, I said to I we were in the pub before the Tottenham game in outside Marleybone, and I said we're just here for the day out. I said, we, we, we just, I, I know what's coming. That, that, that you, you almost, what you saw in that first 20, 30 minutes against Spurs, where, okay, admittedly it's Spurs, I appreciate the perspective of that. They've got quality, Kane, Son. But I said, I, I know what's coming. It's like, I've, I've used the phrase, somebody said the phrase to me in A Block, and I thought it was spot on with our away games and how we kind of approached them. It's like we're a championship club and we're going out. It's a, we've got a big draw in the FA Cup and we're there for the day out. And, and that's, that's how I felt all season, just because there's just such, I, I get that in a lot of games in this league, I'm intelligent enough to realise you're going to get beat more often than not as a newly promoted club based upon quality. But just to not have a competitive edge is just, it's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. I think it makes it worse that like the second away game of the season, we drew at Everton and arguably should, should have, have ha- should have held yeah. out for a yeah. win. And that yeah. I think like, do if you do like, it's it's like these... These things like the ripple, like kind of ripple effect, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it. It's like, oh, if we'd held out at Everton, would it have been so bad all the rest of the season? And maybe, maybe not, but maybe, maybe so. You, you kind of, you can't really say it's, it's, it's all good it's in hindsight. A, isn't it? It's been a season of ifs and buts, though, mate. And uh, you know, yeah. it's been like that all season. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I don't even want to talk about the second half of the Leeds game because it was. I, I'll lose my head thinking about it, but it was crap from the players and it was crap from the fans because. No one was interested. Everyone had gave up, including ourselves. And that's, I mean, that's not great, is it, in a relegation fight? I mean, Leeds have struggled just as much as we have because they are where they are. On The stats don't lie at the end of the day. The table doesn't lie or anything. And and we, we basically made them look like a team that's mid-table kind of challenging for the later European stages because we just did not give a shit apart from Felipe as you say so I don't know I mean 
I don't know what I, mean, I would like to talk about. Obviously, the news that's come out a little bit later, but before before we we do and get into some slips on it, Fort Reese, did you did you think he was saying goodbye at the end? Because I did. Oh, a hundred percent, mate. And to be honest, that's why I did stay till the end because whatever's happened this season, you know, last season Steve Cooper and his staff and the players as a Forest fan, gave me the best season I've ever had support in the club. And for that, whatever happens, if Steve was to, nah, was to re- be relegated with him as manager and, you know, Maranakis decided in the summer, you know, that's it. Thank you, Steve, but enough's enough. I'd still be forever grateful for what he's done. And I think every Forest fan will be as well. And I think that's why, you know, every Forest fan is so wanting it to work because that extra bit, because it's Steve Cooper and we just know how much he loves the club, gets the club, you know, has this relationship with the fans and everyone's just willing for it so much to work. And that's why it does hurt. That's why last night especially just hurts that little bit more because, yeah, I mean, I thought, as I did at Leicester as well, um, I thought it would be the last time probably be seeing the bloke. Um, and I, you, you, you can't, you do feel for him on a human level, you know what I mean? I know managers get sacked and they get a big bag of money, but he's a, he's a genuinely good guy. And I just felt for him on like a human level last night. And I just wanted to stay um, and clap him just because I thought that was going to be it. But, you know, he's been given a little bit of a stay of execution. I mean, as I'm, as we'll come on to, if you read the statement and that, it, you know, Maranakis has said re- results have got to improve immediately, which is a tough ask with, when you're looking at the next three games, especially. So whether that's just a stay of execution for a few more games, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's um, just, it's just a bit of a sad, I thought it was going to be a sad turn of events last night and, you know, I don't know whether it might be delaying the inevitable, like I said, with the fixtures we've got coming. But, um, yeah, yeah, I did think that was the end. But he lives to fight another day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more because there's, there's a bit of a conversation to have. But we'll get on to some slept on it for So thank you for everyone that has uh, obviously messaged in. So Matt Mooners, uh, hard to get my head around the difference in the first 20 minutes versus the last 20 minutes, which I've, I think he's referring to the first half. Uh, we started with a plan. Players knew what they were doing. We looked composed. We ended up looking clueless. Seems like we threw attackers on with no real thought behind how we could play, which I actually agree with. Uh, flipping Tintin, Cooper in, he says. Dan White, a disappointing display in a game when at least a point was there for the taking. The only player to come out with any credit was Felipe, in my opinion, and we've all agreed with that. Uh, players need to take a long, hard look at themselves. Simply not good enough. Bish, absolute shambles away. There doesn't seem to be a plan. If Cooper does go, who could save us now? Which is a question we could could move on to after the Maranaka's statement. Um Whereas Lightyear, it's likely to likely in the championship next season with or without Cooper. Without Cooper, it will be a new manager in every six months looking for the next Cooper. With Cooper, we go again and maybe players like Jono and, and Morgan Gibbs-White stay for him another year to help us get back up. Uh, ben Black, relegation seems very likely now. No matter what for me, Cooper has to stay. An amazing manager who achieved the impossible last year and would give us a big chance of coming back up. Current situation is due to some very poor recruitment uh, I was in the top one going down. Grant Fellows, good start, soft equaliser, avoidable second. 
once Leeds got their press going, we didn't have the fight or the composure to deal with it. Cooper rolled every dice he had and it didn't help. Definitely in big trouble now, needing points where we thought we wouldn't get any. Jerry Pritchard loved Cooper, but his away tactics aren't good enough after a brightish start. Last night we were overran in midfield and it was clear Leeds would score. Morgan Gibbs White and Brennan Johnson both very poor again away from home. We need to go 4-4-2, if not 5-4-1 at Villa and try and get a point. Mitchell slept on it. I foolishly said at the start of the week we'd win one of Leeds or Villa. Not looking good, is it? I'm fearful, really fearful. Oh, and Cooper in. Uh, Sir Elliot, seems as though Forrest make bad teams play their best performance of the season. I no longer have confidence in Nico as a right-back, which is Chris- Christian will be delighted to hear that, Sir Elliot. Um, Forrest are so naive and fearful away and seriously miss the nerve, swagger and determination of last season's team. Great pod as ever, thank you. Uh, Ash Davis, embarrassing, gutless performance. Players not arse and half-hearted going into challenges. Only Felipe, Niakate and Gala can take any credit from last night. Piss poor changes from Cooper. We are going down and that's a fact. And last but not least, Todd Mills. Relegation feels inevitable and has felt increasingly so over the last 10 games. We are one-dimensional, directionless, lack of energy and worst of all, devoid of fight or character, totally reliant on moments of magic from Brennan or Morgan Gibbs-White. Worst side in the league. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. I mean... There's a bit of a, there's a lot of different opinions there, but yeah, let's let's do talk about obviously the statement. I mean, I was thought I might see the little corner flag this morning. To be honest, um, Matt, what was your thoughts? Did you did you think he was going to go as well? Yeah, I th- I thought I thought last night would be that, and particularly with what kind of was being circulated in in the media, which of course is predominantly put on on Twitter, social media, um, and whatnot, and um. Yeah, and particularly with what um a lot of what you guys said about him waving to the away end at the end, and and I read that not uh, that uh, Paul Taylor from the Evening Post said that. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought it would be the end. As for the statement itself, I, it it feels like a bit of a stay of execution. I'm I'm not really sure how much to take from it. I do think that 
the fans have kept him predominantly in the job. I, I do genuinely feel because I, I think the club are to try and gauge fan opinion. If it was quite like um, together, if you like, that everybody would be Cooper out. I, I think I think he would be out of a job today. But I think they're concerned about um, fan backlash and hostilities going into the last few fixtures. Um, but and talking about on the statement as well about performances and results needing to improve and I, I I don't see where the next win's going to come from so I I think if they're I think they've done the right thing I think um I think we're all like um unilaterally in agreement that Cooper needs to stay but at the same time I I think if um hanging their hat on it, I think I just think everybody's got to be realistic and look at the fixtures and it's not saying they can't do it because football's a funny game and can throw up some funny results but um, but yeah, I'm I'm very realistic about the situation. I think they've done the right thing today. Cooper deserved it. I've said all along that Cooper deserves this season because of last season. Um, and also as well, I've I've said time and time again, who would they go and get? There is nobody on the market at the moment who can come in and a new manager isn't going to make the fixture just any easier. It's not going to make the injured players come back any quicker. Um, so and there's nobody apart. There's nobody obvious who you would go and get and say right. He can come and save us. He can get the points we need. It's done the right thing. I'm just. I suppose what I'm saying is I, I'm not sure it's been done. I'm not convinced. This is purely based on opinion. It's been done for the right reasons. I think it's been done because of fear of fan backlash and hostilities at games and the fact that there's nobody obvious to go and get. Yeah, I mean, I think if you was going to sack him, you you want to give him more time, don't you? Really, realistically, because then they can actually like do something with it. I mean, what what gripes me is people saying about all the players we've got now. They've had time to gel. I mean, Javier Gracia has gone in at Leeds for three weeks, and I know they've been more settled side than us, but they look ten times better. In, in all honesty, they played a lot nicer football than we do, but. Matt, who if you if if Cooper does get sacked because obviously it does look like he's got maybe what one or two games if if you're going to go off that statement, who would you even who would you even want if it was up to you? Honestly, will come out. I I don't know. I I, I, I there's nobody really apparent that springs to mind. The what the one obvious link is that, and he's not going to leave Celtic mid-season. But we all know that our mate Evangelok um, Maranakes is friends with um. The big Ange. So, so if they if they said to him, do you want to come and rescue it at Forest? But I, I don't see a scenario of him leaving Celtic mid-season. And no um, there's there's Vieira, absolutely not. It's just not anybody you would bring in for a who's who's going to come in and and save a relegation fight um, or save you from relegation. Um, it, do, do you know what? I, I read a name earlier, and this wouldn't come with any guarantees, but I do feel it would be like, uh, and you might laugh at this. Um, who I think actually did quite a good job at Southampton and are now reaping the rewards of of letting him go is is it Ralph? Yeah, Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Yeah. That, that was one name I read in a list and thought if Cooper was to go, maybe. But apart from that, I said that there's nothing obvious that strikes to me that would come in and and would get them the points they need. They might they needed to stick or twist. They're going to stick, and I think what will be will be now. Reese, any do you do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, if Pep Guardiola was available, I think you could, <laughs> if you looked at the fixture list of the next three, especially, you know, who's going to, like we've said, and again, repeating myself, Villa are flying, perform team in the league, then you've got Liverpool and Man United who are, you know, have got a few challenges at the minute, but if they're on it, you know, they can beat anybody, especially Liverpool can beat anybody in the world, you know what I mean? So it's a tough ass. I think. 
it would have kind of been nice, I guess. But, you know, Maranakis is obviously um, put, you know, people, we know what people think of the Greeks. I, I mean, I don't like the way they operate at times, but no one can deny Maranakis has not backed Cooper with finances and twice now with a new contract and the statement today. He's given his he's given his back into him, you know, because it must be he must be thinking in his head, what if I do get someone and we do get that little balance? And every poor result, he must that what if must be getting that little bit louder. So he's giving him a bit more of a stay of execution. I guess it would be nice if he says, look, whatever happens this season, Steve Cooper will be our manager next season. And if you know he's not going to turn around and say if that's in the championship, because we want everybody wants to stay in this league. But you know, let's hypothetically speaking, if he was back in the championship, there's a man who's got a promotion on his CV with us who could probably lead you back out. Um, you know, everyone's you get all this media talk, don't you, about Forest would have to have a fire sale if they went down. Yeah, we there will be players leaving because there'll be players who don't wouldn't want to play in the championship. But they said that about Burnley, and I kind of got dragged into that. And look at them, they've absolutely pissed the league. Everyone was saying, oh, they're on the verge of financial meltdown, etc. So, you know, it can be done. And, and then on the flip side as well, you can go into the doldrums like we did for 23 years. So it is concerning. We don't want to drop into that league. But, you know, with the fixtures we've got now, I think whatever, if they would have got rid of Cooper and got someone else in, I think it's going to be a tough ask, um, to be honest. And like Matt said, and I wholeheartedly agree with him, I don't, there isn't anybody like just sticking out there who I kind of hang my hat on and think, mm, him. You know, if Sean Dyche was available, maybe still, you'd probably go, yeah, he's a, he's a firefighter. He can get as organised. He knows the club pretty well. He could come in, but he's not. He's gone to Everton now. I mean, that was the obvious choice for so many clubs, wasn't it? And, and obviously, Everton took him. That's why Leeds are scrambling around and ended up with Javi Grazia in the end, you know, back from the dead. So, yeah, they, 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 they've done the right thing, but, you know, I'm just kind of hoping it isn't a stay of execution and we're in three games' time talking about this all over again. I think you've just got to, if he's the man, you stick with him there and you stick with him into next season as well, you know, for me. But I haven't spent 200 million. I'm only spending, you know, the away tickets and the season ticket. So that's nothing in comparison. But um, yeah, I could, I mean, with the form, I could have also, as much as I would have been against it, I could have also understood why he would have done it because the form, no winning eight. And when you're in a relegation battle, whatever you know, managers have done for you in the past, you know, it is always about as well, what are you doing for me now? And you could understand it, you know, look at Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, there's people questioning him after all he's done for that club. So there's loyalty in football, that that, that isn't a thing. Mm, there's, you, um, you know what? Go on. Sorry, Will, apologies, mate. So I was going to say, just following what, from what Reese was saying, was that I think the perfect, no, not really the perfect storm, because I think that what I'm about to say is taking... Um, some of the sentiment maybe out of it with regarding to Cooper, but the the perf the the perfect storm almost would have been because I I I think we all saw in the early part of the season Sean Dyche and Ian Wome lingering at the City Ground on a game by game basis, and I I think if you want me to be honest with you, I think Dyche was was angling for the Forest job. I don't know yeah, that based on any inside, inside info, just purely based upon personal opinion, and I think 
almost the storm would have been that after that Newcastle game when we got beat in the last minute, we had an international break. If Dyche was on the market, would have gone and said to Dyche, Do you want do you want do you want it for the last 10, 11 games? And if not going into the championship to either get us back up or rescue what we've got this season. And he might have been the the man to because he just knows how to grind out points as you're seeing with Everton. So that would have been the obvious, I think it would have been the obvious replacement. I think it would have been a good fit for what what we need to stay in this league. And of course, he's got the affinity with Forrest through Clough, so I think he would have wanted it as well. So that's the all season, that's been the only manager I've looked at and thought he, he could come in and, and could keep us in this league as a as a obvious for, for Cooper struggling and um, to, to try and save us. But yeah, apart from that, non-existent. I was going to say about uh, Deitch obviously vulturing around the city ground, but uh, I mean... This is going to sound probably a bit of a weird analogy. I think the the fear with Forest is obviously if we if we go down and and staying down twenty three years, it's like when you get a bit of a, an illness and you start googling what's going to happen, and then you see the worst like cancer <laughs> or death. Whereas Forest fans are googling what's happened last time we went down, and it's been twenty three years in disparity and just cauldron of of shit basically. So I think that's what everyone's. I mean, I look at managers available, and I think I mean you've seen. Potter get go and now he, he apparently wants a break and Brendan Rogers and I mean I mean just to I mean would Brendan Rogers want to come in and just so he can like get less send Leicester down I don't know but <laughs> and to be fair I know like some people don't like him and he's a bit of a Ricky Gervais kind of character and he's a bit of a David Brent as people David like Brent, yeah but like it his teams have generally played good football in the past so that kind of is something that kind of leans me towards him, but would I want him long term? I I don't know. It's it is a difficult kind of discussion to have, but for now we've got Cooper. We've got a we've he's he for one has got to do something different. Whether that means we go back to that whole Brighton thing where we just kind of camp, or or we've we've got to just kind of go for it a bit. I just like to see his press and get out a team and just kind of chuck it all out the window this mentality but it's easier said than done because it's the players on the at the end of the day that I can do it but we're going to talk obviously about the Villa game now because we, we, we're we playing them on Saturday uh, they're flying I think you said where are they in this form guide Reese? did you say like last 10 um, I think since Emma has come in the third and yeah the um on a really good run at the minute yeah, Ollie Watkins in in hot form could be getting yeah it. so the, the last um, six they've won five and drew one so and I think Watkins has got eight and ten. So um <laughs> if that's <not> bad. <laughs> if that if that's not a first goal scorer of coupon, I don't know what is. But Matt, we'll start with you. What what's your thoughts going into the villa game? What would you change? How would you approach it? And then and then a score prediction from you. Um dread. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of personnel, um ho- hopefully Sergio Rie's fit. I think that's a that's a um, a, a real kind of, I I just thought Nico Williams. I'm oh, sorry, I don't want to keep going back to last night, but I I think everybody can quite clearly see that Nico Williams struggled last night, and I think that'll only get worse on Saturday. Um, so hopefully Serge Aurier's fit. Um, and um, introduce Lodi back in into that left back role, and then I I genuinely thought against Wolves the the midfield three of. Um, Mangala, Frollo and Danilo worked really well so I, I would persist with that and then maybe with a front three um, change personnel in terms of well only the one player go with Gibbs White, Jono and Taiwo and hopefully Taiwo is fit enough to start 
and uh, have Dennis on the bench. So if if we're still in the game after an hour, which Forrest being Forrest away from home this season is unlikely, but if it, if we are still in the game and it's a bit stretched, Dennis can come on and and utilize with a bit of pace and and trickery down the other end if if that's that's what the game requires. Um, so that will be my personnel change. Um, prediction, um, <laughs> 3 0 Villa. <laughs> Fair enough. Go on, Reese. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to find positivity, uh, isn't it? It is because you, you know, I kind of call it as a seer. You know, I can't just be a happy clapper for the sake of being a happy clapper. Um, you know, you know, just as we've touched on as well, I'm not going to start now. Cooper's been given a bit more time. I'm not going to start talking about what if of other managers. Obviously, Sean Dyche, that shift has shaled and you know, give gives the bloke some respect, etc. So, you know, he he will know as well. He's he's got to he's got to find something. He's got to. Do. I'm sure he's working as hard as he bloody can. But you try, can you get another extra percent out here? Because um, you know, I'm going to do what Matt's just done here and just like go back again to last night. And you know, the subs in the second half were just like desperation. One, they just try and to chuck everybody on in an attackive sense and try and get something, some continuity. And it just didn't happen. And we just looked, we literally looked like a team at the end last night who have signed 30 players. And, you know, there, there has been a lot of clamour for Sam Surridge and I'm not in the camp of thinking he's, you know, Thierry Henry in terms of finishing, but he must look at himself and think, how, the, how is Andre Ayo getting on in front of me? And I do actually find a kind of feel for the bloke a little bit. I know, I don't think he is quite Premier League quality, but when, you know, late on in the game, if you get a chance in the box, for example, Surridge on the end of it, you I probably fancy more than Ayo at the minute because, you know, I don't know what even position he was playing last night. He was kind of everywhere. I'm not yeah. trying to be horrible to the bloke. He was just like a bit of an headless chicken. And, you know, Scarpa was the same. Chikuya, everyone was just headless chicken second half. And it was just so disappointing. The, the, the second half just passed by, didn't it? And not much really happened. And That's know, why they bother talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought we'd touch on it, mate. Sorry to, I don't want to make your head explode. <laughs> God, it was. Um, you know, as we've just spoken about, you know, Villa are absolutely flying. You know, five wins in the last six. I'd be amazed if we went and got there and went there and got anything. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I just can't see anything but a Villa win. Um, we, maybe we might score like we did at Tottenham as a consolation, but I, I'm going to go for two 0 Villa. I'd be, I'd be amazed if we got anything there. And to be honest, if you look at the next three games, I'd be amazed if we got anything out of the next three. Unfortunately, I, I hate saying that um, because you know I'm going to all three, and you know you you want to stay positive because you know you're living in hope, but. So tough. We've made it very tough for ourselves because, like we've mentioned on the pod before, the games we needed to win at home, Everton, Wolves, the games away where we needed to take a point, West Ham and Leeds, we've dropped six points, and that's the difference. That's why we're now level with the relegation zone rather than being six points clear, and we can, you know, the pressure's off a little bit, and you know that's that's where it's gone wrong in the last eight games. Unfortunately, the the games where. You know, we need we needed to win. We haven't. We've drew, and the games where we've needed to draw, we've lost. And now you're looking at games now where you're thinking, 
going to be very, very tough. Even if we was playing well, it's going to be very, very tough to play against these teams and get results. But, you know, hopefully let's have some miracle like we beat Liverpool later on in the season. And hopefully we can, yeah, any any result on Saturday, whether it be a draw or, dare I say, it, three points would be a good result for us. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think I, I agree with Martin Loddy and Ori have got to come back. But I'd, yeah, I agree. If I'd, potentially, I'd potentially change formation and go 4-2-3-1 and go for it a bit more because at the end of the day if we all think we're going to lose why not lose by going for it a little bit and go with go with go with go with Danilo and Freuler in the middle and then we, we, we can't know we can't know mate we just we just get completely overran well, it's, either that, bit... it's either that or play ten, play 11 men behind the ball well I'd, I'd, I'd happily take that on Saturday <laughs> and try to honestly mate and just try and get a point Freuler can't play in a two I'm afraid he just hasn't got the legs and I, I, I'm not one of these who you know comes out with finding Freuler or this crap and fraud blue and all this he hasn't got the legs to play in a two he just needs to be a sitter and it, you know last night he was disappointing even with two you know box to box kind of mids next to him we, we just we just can't play a two we're just not we're just not tough enough, mate. We play a three because we're weak mm. and we need some solidity. We need some solidity and that's why we play that three in the midfield because if we play a two, mate, we just can't do it. It's going to have to be, I'd take it, mate, 10, 11 men behind the ball, honestly. And if we've got a nil-nil, like you say, we did at Brighton on the season, brilliant result. And I don't care if it's horrible and tedious. I'd rather have that than try and play a little bit of football and just get panned again. Mm. I mean, well, maybe maybe if you're going to go for a free, put Kiati in there with a bit yeah, of experience just, yeah, and, and, and Danilo or Mangala. Yeah, it, we're, miss, then, we're, we're miss, missing Yates as well at the minute because he, he gets around. He gets around at the energy and he hassles and you, that's what you need. You need in these. Now we're at the business end, but you need to you need to dig in. And Forrest is just not digging in enough at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go. I'd go one you at top. With Gibbs White and Johnson, and if if Gibbs White or Johnson can't be arsed, drag them at half time because they last night they really pissed me off because they're our talisman and they were both shambolic. But you can't not do that because they're the only ones doing anything as well. It's, it's such well, a doggy, you know, world. They're still young lads, aren't you? You can't yeah. rely. I know they're both very highly rated, but they're still very young. They're going to have off games. You can't just rely on them to, to pull stuff out of the hat every time. It's just not going to happen. People's got to, you know, others have got to contribute. You know, one, you come on last night and there was a few, I know Shelby tried a couple of Hollywood balls to him and he tried and then, and then he had the actual chance we had, he got stuck under his feet. Hmm. You know, I thought Dennis looked lively again, but again, he just, he just needs to pass the ball a bit more. You know, the one time he did pass the ball really well, we scored because he, he can be a threat and it, it's just frustrating watching yeah. us away from home. It really is. I'm going to let Matt have a say. Sorry, welcome. Go on. Sorry, Matt. I'm going to match your prediction anyway. I'm going to say 3 0 Villa. And I've not said that we're going to lose for ages uh, <laughs> apart from against the big boys. So, yeah, 3 0 Villa. I think Ollie Watkins is going to add to his tally, to be honest. I know, um, Lee, I know Lee went for his, he's put in the group and he's 4 0, but Christian, I think Christian said we'd win 1 0. So <laughs> I don't know if he's, uh, 
Yeah, it's tough because, like like you say, you know, as a supporter, you want to remain positive because you don't want to go, especially when you go into the game as well, or even watching it at home. You just don't want to waste your time, do you? You've got to stay hopeful because that's what you're clinging on to at the minute. But it's going to be a tough ask. You know, let Matt have the final say. Yeah, just very similar to what you boys. I think I think the current state of affairs is that we are in April of a nine month Premier League campaign, and we don't even know what we don't even know what the personnel is going to be. Um, we don't know what the midfield is going to be. Who's gonna Who's going to be fit? Who's not? Who? How are we going to play? What's the structure going to be? It's completely nutty. Just it's all over the place, isn't it? Um, and to be honest with you, out of the next three games. I, and I've said this all season, and this is probably blind optimism. Well, not all season. I've said this past few months. I, I genuinely think, I, I still think we we can take it deep in terms of trying to stay up. Whether or not that'll be enough, time will tell. I do genuinely think we're going to get something against somebody at Nottingham that nobody expects us to, which will keep us in with a shout. And I, I could, and you're going to think, you boys are going to think I'm absolutely deluded with this. But I, I, I could see them getting something against Man United at Nottingham, a point. I, I don't think that's like beyond the realms of possibility. But the only issue with that is, is the fact of because the two away games, either side of it, if results go our way by that point, that might be completely utterly rudderless. So um, we'll see, but um, but fingers crossed. I thought you were going to say the result we wasn't expecting was Southampton at home, Matt, to be honest. <laughs> it's just a shame. It's just, I mean, it, this sums it up when you look down into that Casemiro's back for that game. You know, so he's going to come back like a wrecking baller. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but no, I I agree with Matt. What generally wouldn't surprise me at home that we get something against anybody because we've proved we can do that. We've done that against Manchester City. We've done that against Chelsea. We've done that against Liverpool. And we, we beat Tottenham in the cup. We was very unfortunate to him in the league. So at home, you know, you kind of do. Like Matt said, you do fancy that we could get something. It's just away, and unfortunately, we've got five away games out of nine. So <laughs> it's five kind of write-offs, really. <laughs> That's well, well, we'll we'll leave it there then, chaps. Uh, thank you for everyone for getting in touch on Slept on It Thoughts. We'll be back to obviously review the Villa game on Sunday recording. I'd imagine. So take care, stay positive if you can. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there! 
there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.